Welcome back to the show. Julian DeStoop and Bryce Begain with you. It's Summer Breakfast. Uh, going to cross to Jared Waitley very shortly up at the SCG as we get ready for day two of the second test. If you missed it yesterday, Pakistan bowled out for 313. Uh, Rizwan, 88. Jamal, 82. And Australia will resume this morning at none for six. I think Jared is ready to go. Good morning, Jared. Hello, Jared. Uh, no. Oh, we'll, we'll go again. You got us, Jared. No, hang on a second. We'll, what we'll do, we'll play the highlights uh, yesterday. Great innings from the number 10, uh, Jamal, uh, finishing with 82. Hazelwood is striving to wrap this up. He bowls and Jamal pulls him out into the deep and he's found the gap and carried the distance. Six. Jamal, five back. Stark bowls, short ball, takes it on, out to deep backward point, finds the gap for more. The Pakistan bench are up on their feet because that's his half century. What a splendid innings it's been. <laughs> Line bowls, reverse sweeping, Jamal oh, wow. whacks that. Absolutely superb to the ladies' pavilion. And that two has, well, that one's carried the journey. That's gone for six, and Jamal is fully lashing out here. Jamal on the advance, down the ground he goes. He got it right out of the beats and into the stands for six. Jamal with the long handle against Lyon. Nathan Lyon just took a little bit of pace out of the ball, and he just smacked it over wide mid on. Jamal on the advance again, straight back over Lyon for four. That was absolutely searing as it got near Lyon's hands. And Jamal, not for the first time, goes 6-4 off consecutive balls against Lyon. Ram weekend, striving for his first wicket. Round the wicket to Jamal, dancing and hitting him. Over deep mid-wicket, and it's taken. Taken the deep, and that is done. Jamal has done so much right, but it is complete. 82, Jamal, 18 short of what would have been a remarkable century. Jared Waitley was watching it and calling it, uh, and he joins us from the SCG. G'day, Jared. Jules, Bryce, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, are you more on the uh, well-played Jamal, or when you sort of analysed last night, did you think, gee, some of those tactics from the Aussies were interesting? Oh, definitely both. Um, first, Australia gave up the ascendancy by sticking too long to their bumper tactics. Uh, but then once that was handed over to Jamal, he grew into that innings remarkably. He sort of went through the, the survival phase where uh, he'd been troubled by the short ball early, um, settled himself, was finding a way to get one run and over. And then I thought Simon Kaddish described it really well. Australia basically gave him a net session. He was able to hit the ball wherever he liked around the ground, and then he took the single every now and then. And then once he tuned up, some of that hitting was glorious. As good as you would see, the, the reverse sweep to the ladies' pavilion is, is as good a strike as you'd see at the ground. So uh, brilliant batting by then, and, and Hamza got the thread of it as well. So he was able to work his way in, and they made Australia's attack look a bit ragged. So, yeah, clearly missed opportunity for Australia, 9 for 227. A lot of questions around the, the tactics uh, and there are echoes from the Ashes tour in that as well around lessons learned or not. But then um, absolute kudos to, to Jamal and Hamza for producing a, a partnership on these shores that hasn't been seen for more than 20 years for the 10th wicket. Yeah, good morning, Jared. Uh, and uh, time will tell whether 300 is a, is a good score or otherwise, but the pitch does 
look to be playing some tricks as well. It's a bit up and down and a bit bare. Is uh, What's it looking like out the window there? Is it dried off a bit? The grassy patches as well. So it looks like it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Yes. So I, I don't know, Bryce, is these things are always best left till Australia has batted. But I felt like par was plus 400 the way that it played. As some of those short balls yesterday were landing short of Carey by the time that they arrived. So two paced up and down. Uh, this Sydney pitch has been such a curiosity for a while. It hasn't been very good for years. Is this a pitch that's going to break up? We had 30 degrees and sunshine yesterday and we're hoping for a, a bit more of that today. So it's uneven in its grass coverage. So on a length uh, if you're bowling from the Randwick end, there's sort of four different variations of what you're bowling at. Um, grass, bald patches, weird weird pitch to look at. It, it evidently looked quite good until they shaved the grass. And then um, I honestly think if that's going to be your grass coverage, I'm with Robert Craddock here, just take it all off um, and, and don't worry about patchy and thatchy grass. So... Uh, I d yeah, I, I'm not sure. It, yesterday was a great day to bat, in my opinion. Uh, it was a terrific toss for Pakistan to win, and their top order wasn't able to make anything of it. I feel like Australia would have made plus 400 yesterday, and, and if the batting's as good as that today, I, I expect they'll they'll go really big. Um, that's to I, I guess we'll just wait to see whether the tricks um, will really emerge on day two. I suspect that's more a day four conversation. Yeah, I think so. Well, what's your take on how Pakistan are going overall on this tour? I think they're so plucky, and I think they're learning day on day. So their cricket has improved progressively, and that's for a couple of reasons. This is a young and inexperienced team, and they very rarely get a look at these shores, and they're their guns haven't fired as Baba hasn't had the series that he needed to have if Pakistan were truly to threaten and Afridi the same and he sits out this test match. So they're a bit uh, they're a bit light on um, but they have found cricketers throughout the tour and I, I think that's absolute credit to them. That they misfired early. He's not playing Rizwan in Perth. was a terrible error in real time, not in hindsight. Mm. He's, he's a perfect cricketer for these shores and has shown that before. Um, Jamal's got, um, he's got wonderful characteristics in all of his games. Salman's a terrific slipper and, and has shown plenty at seven. So th there, there are good cricketers in there who are learning the ropes of test cricket. This is a really hard environment to do it in. But uh, yesterday was sort of indicative of them as they looked like they were going to get routed for a time. They, the risk was that they'd be one of those touring teams that had one foot on the plane. But that the 10th wicket stand gives them a foothold in the game. 313 is a position to bowl at. The David Warner smacked the four, nearly went out, uh, resumes today at six, not out. What What are you feeling about what David Warner could do today? <laughs> so you can just straight out jinx this, can't you? Is I felt <laughs> yesterday there was a very real risk he would go out in that last over and the second last ball he nearly did. It was like the whole setup. <laughs> was going to get spoiled by circumstance. Uh, having survived that, I, I fully think he'll make 100. And I think he'll make it at a rapid, rapid rate. Uh, had Australia batted yesterday, I think he would have attempted to reprise that deed of a, 100 in a session at the start of a test match. And I reckon conditions were absolutely in his favour to do that. So, uh, I... Yeah, I just think the way that it was all set up, having snuck through that over last night, and if you haven't seen that second last ball, that, that it could so easily yep. have landed on the bail 
And could you have imagined the sense of anticlimax around it? <laughs> and now th- this whole test is put on for him. It's it's an incredibly rare moment in Australian cricket history. Uh, and I think he will make it his stage. It sort of fits with his personality and his career. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally up for one of those David Warner mornings. I know there's a lot of cricket on... At the moment, Jared, a couple of big bash games last night, but there was an extension to the cricket uh, 24 hours a day. There's a bit going on in South Africa. Oh, my word. It's it's quite extraordinary. What's your view on just the health of test cricket at the moment? I know that was uh, people are saying off the temper text here there was a bit of karma for South Africa and what they're going to send over to New Zealand. But what's your sort of grasp on where test cricket is at the moment and, and maybe what the next steps are? So... The two, it's easy to conflate everything together. So that day of test cricket can happen and does happen from time to time, even though you would barely believe it. So it's hard to imagine the whole circumstance around South Africa didn't infiltrate the walls of that team. Mm. And so that plays a role in them getting bowled out for 55. But then India are one of the, the great nations of the world, aren't they? And their See. test cricket is in rude health and they lost six for none. And... and so I wouldn't conflate the two. So that, that 23 wickets in a day is just, that is something to behold. Yeah. And a team that loses six for nil could actually win a test match by an innings. Um, so try to make sense of that. But the overall discussion around test cricket, we're, we're reaching a, a moment in time. And I do think the, the West Indies side of it got completely underreported. Their squad is essentially the same. They have a 15-man squad of which seven haven't played Test cricket before. The difference is they don't have any players to choose from, whereas South Africa's board has prioritised the domestic T20 competition and not allowed their players to go and play Test cricket. So there's no choice in that. Um, So you have to pay the piper. South Africa took the money from India, from the IPL, for this tournament to keep South African cricket afloat. And therefore, um, there are demands that the best players be involved in that. So there's, a, there's commerce involved there. Uh, and it, it totally ruins two test matches. Uh, and New Zealand pay the price for that. The broader picture is where does it take us? So you'd love to have a quick glimpse into the future and see what test cricket looked like in 20 years' time. My gut feeling is um, fewer nations will play test cricket. Uh, and... I think we're headed for a world where the three who take it most seriously, cherish it and provide the premium product will play most of it. And that's England, Australia and India. And the, the patrons of those three countries will be the great beneficiaries of that. Is there won't be too many more summers, I don't think, like this, where you're playing nations who, um, where test cricket is not funded the way that it might be, the, pay, the players aren't paid the way it might be and they are vulnerable to going and playing elsewhere so yeah this might be the biggest evolutionary period but uh, cricket's actually in a really in really rude health is i think it will grow it will just grow in its t20 format while test cricket finds down to those who actually want to play it so i'm not i'm not in the schools test cricket is not dead is i think we'll see over the next two summers what test cricket needs to be in this country and that's playing india and england it's a fascinating time for, for Test Cricket and uh, where we go from here is going to be interesting. Gerard, uh, who's on the pre-match today? So Nick Hockley is here. Is, is Cricket Australia is... Well, they, they have a stake in all of this, but they don't have a great say in any of it. Is India runs cricket mm. and the, the ICC 
um, schedules cricket, shall we say, generously. Uh, and Australia can't do much about it. So uh, it's so interesting to understand what the chief executive of our country's cricket thinks where tests are right now and what the future might be. And just quickly, uh, Michael Vaughan said yesterday on Fox that uh, Pat Cummins is on track or could go down as our second greatest cricketer behind Sedan. Is that a bit of recency bias or a possibility? <laughs> um, I think let, let's let's let Pat Cummins become Dennis Lilly yes. first before we shoot any further. But what he is is he is a force in this team, and he is he is unique. A fast bowling captain who is the team's number one weapon as well as its leader, and that's that's brilliant. It's something that uh, Australian cricket has denied itself for generations, and and seen it is absolutely thrilling. So. Yeah, let, let, I feel like he is on track to be Dennis Lilly. So let, let's let him be that first. Yeah, and we're pretty happy if he is uh, Dennis Lilly. Uh, Jared, thanks so much for your time. We look forward to the coverage starting uh, in about 45 minutes' time. I think it'll be a great day here at the SCG. Looking forward to it. It's very entertaining on day one. Jared Waitley will head up the SEN Test Cricket Commentary team. It's now 17 past eight.